You're listening to Selling the Dream. This isn't an interview, and we're not journalists. But each week, we'll ask our guests to open up and share their secrets to business success. Let's have a conversation and have some fun. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Selling the Dream podcast. We are super excited today. We have a, a fantastic show, fantastic guest. As always, I am Ken Jordan, and I'm joined with my, with my good friend from the West Coast, Joe Iredell. And Joe, how are you today? Doing great, man. I'm, I'm excited. Excited about today. About to learn a lot of stuff. I am too. We, we've been talking about it for a couple of days now, kind of leading up to it. And just so many, so many questions to get answered. And, and, and our guest today, normally we talk about, you know, sports or the weather or BS and about something or other, but we're skipping all that today, Joe. We're going, we're going to get, we're going to get right after it. That's it. Cut through the fluff. Let's get, Cut let's get to the, through the fluffs. So let me introduce Dr. Donna DeCarolis with the Dean of the Charles D. School of Entrepreneurship at Drexel University. Dr. DeCarolis, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you. It's, it's going to be fun. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. The Charles D. Close School of Entrepreneurship. D. Close. Charles D. Close School of Entrepreneurship. All right, cool. So why, when, when I first had the idea, when I, when, when I came across your profile, I, it, it blew me away because I never thought of a school of entrepreneurship, you know, a college school of entrepreneurship. I'm like, this is, we have got to have this person on because we have so much to, to, to ask. We want to learn so much about it. Before we get into the questions, can you just kind of give us a little bit about your, your background and your journey to becoming the Dean of the Charles D. Close School of Entrepreneurship? Sure. I'll be brief. So my professional background has always been in education and also consulting. So truth be told, I started out as a high school teacher and that lasted a year because I couldn't take. So mm-hmm. then I, I moved into getting a, an MBA, a PhD in business. I did consulting, I did strategic consulting, it was a focus on strategy and innovation. I landed at Drexel as a professor in the business school to get to my journey to the school of entrepreneurship. And I was intrigued by my interactions with entrepreneurs and business folks, founders that I worked with and that I helped because their successes, in my view, were really more about who they were than what they did. And to me, that's sort of the essence of what entrepreneurship is. And so because there's a difference when you hear the word entrepreneur, which is a person, and entrepreneurship is a process. And it was very uncomfortable for me that most business school curriculums focused on the process. They focused on, you know, the marketing, the law, the accounting, you know, all aimed at starting a new venture. But really, you know, when you think about it, in my view, that's only a small part. It's one side being an entrepreneur. And so being an entrepreneur is really about an innovative mindset. It's about your character. It's the ability to recognize opportunities, to screen them. And so I love the name of your podcast because it occurred to me that my dream to sell at the university was to take entrepreneurship out of the business school and to have it stand on its own. That's somewhat disruptive in a university because in most universities, entrepreneurship is always tucked inside the business school and it's taught as a business discipline. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, coming from Drexel University's culture of entrepreneurship, innovation, experimentation, and the way that entrepreneurs really are, having an independent school of entrepreneurship that really focused on developing the character 
and the mindset and teaching students that way about entrepreneurship is much more relevant. I mean, particularly to, in today's world. And so that was sort of my dream to sell. Um, and it's, it's really fantastic because it's, it's, it, it stood out to me as the, one of the most important things about our country as, as, as a whole is the entrepreneurial nature that's embedded in our DNA. And yet so far I've only seen one school of entrepreneurship. So that's not to say that there aren't other colleges, but this is the first I've heard of it. Is it the only one? Sure. So there, so there's, there are a couple that have, that have popped up and I think, and which is a good thing, you know, and, and I think what, what makes, you know, unbiased, but I think what makes the close school of entrepreneurship unique is our unique curriculum and our really strong focus on developing that character on developing that mindset, what you can do, which is possible because, you know, sometimes people push back. Can you make an entrepreneur? Well, you know what? Can you make a leader? We have courses in leadership, you know, sure. uh, it, it's, it's Welsh, right? Well, and so, but the way to do that, and here's the opportunity that I had, you know, my dream to sell was really when I had the funding in the get-go to create this school of entrepreneurship. What really, oh, what really sort of energizes the school and develops that character is because the students are thrown into a pool of like-minded individuals, right? So they're, they're starting new things together. They're learning things together. So we were able to curate that. Plus, I was able to curate and to hire the right professors, the right mentors, who knew that the purpose and the mission of this school is, is to focus on the students' mindset and character just as much as they're focusing on the business model and the process and the technology. So I had sort of the perfect opportunity to create from scratch, if you will, even though I was embedded in the university, a new venture that really embedded a student in four or five years of starting something failing, starting again with like individuals, with strong professors and mentors who were on the same page as they are. And, and I always say entrepreneurship needs to be an apprenticeship. You have to do it. it. You can't just learn it from a book. You can't just learn the accounting from a book or the marketing from a book or the finance, or more importantly, as we call them today, the power skills, right, of taking initiative of building a team, of leading, of creativity, of managing risk. You have to do this. And what's the, the best place to do this? At a university, in an environment that supports that. I don't know if I've answered, answered your question. But that's absolutely, absolutely so actually in the background. Definitely touched on a lot of stuff. So I'm going to share an observation, an opinion, and then follow that up with a question. So in my experience, most entrepreneurs, you know, if we truly define an entrepreneur as an outside thinker that goes out, creates a business or creates something along those lines that's unique, right? Most of them are traditionally not A students and they're not, don't fit into the, the mold necessarily of, of the education system that I found. They kind of figure out a way to do something that, you know, fits them and serves their skill set. So that's been my observation. My opinion is that perhaps, you know, that that's what breeds an entrepreneur. And then, so my follow-up question is, 
What does that look like if you're trying to get into the school? Do you look for kids who maybe failed every single grade and then finally senior year, they passed the test and it was like, okay, well, you stuck with it. You're our person or, you know, how does that work? Because I, I don't, it's, I'm having a hard time reconciling the process of someone getting into such a prestigious school as Drexel and being an entrepreneur and actually dealing with that kind of situation. So Joe, that's an interesting criteria. I don't know that that would get by our enrollment department. We're looking right. for those that failed and finally made it. I sure. kind of like that though. So it, it's really, you are so right on when you say that. And so we've had the opportunity. Let me answer your question this way. We've had the opportunity to watch students over the past, you know, we've been around for 10 years. We've recruited students for the past eight or nine to watch who's coming into the school. And and think about this too. Think about what's happened worldwide in the past eight or nine years with, you know, revolutionary advances in, in technology and in genetics and communication, pandemic, you know, all of these things. And so we have a generation that's, that has been seeing this. And so we have to keep that right in, in mind. And then what we see with our students is exactly what you said. Exactly. The student that we look for. I'll answer it this way, because I think you're asking me, what do I look for and who are they? Which are kind of the same thing. We're seeing more and more students who, and, and we have, we put them into personas, like personality types. We have creators. We have explorers. We have technologists. We have family business individuals. But the common thread among all of them is that they have this desire. I used the word uncomfortable before. They're uncomfortable. They want to do something. And not every student comes in with an idea and we don't want them to, right? Because you can get into a team or happen upon an idea. But the common thread, especially with Gen Zs, and all of us are lucky to have them, is because, you know, they, they want to solve a problem. So there's this common sense of, and I think that's what you were getting at, Joe, of being uncomfortable. I don't just want to major in accounting or biology. Their interests intersect today which is why you see a lot of universities looking at majors that are interdisciplinary. And so that's what we're seeing. And I think that at the Close School of Entrepreneurship at Drexel, we've actually matched that customer need. Well, I think it did. With like, and, and, you know, Selling the Dream podcast, we talk about selling, we talk about success, we talk about motivation. And obviously, you know, our, our target audience is salespeople and entrepreneurs. And I think that one of the things you just touched on is one of those universal truths is that everything in life, no matter what it is, there has to be desire. There has to be some desire to start the, the, is the framework for anything. And I, and I love that that's kind of, you know, whether they're a creator or whether they're a, an explorer, technologist, your school is looking for the, the fundamental component that they first have to have desire, desire to do something, you know, but I think that's super cool and reinforcing for a lot of the stuff we read and learned. Yes. And so if, if I could just add to that. So personally, my personal opinion, I think all of us have an inner entrepreneur. And I think that we're, you know, we're born with that desire to survive, to innovate, to move on. And then sometimes society like beats it out. And that's it. So, you know, when, when, when you get to college, I think, I think the close school of entrepreneurship across the university has opened up the idea because we, even though we have entrepreneurship majors, We've taught over like 9,000 students across the university from all majors you know, that to access that inner entrepreneur. So you could be an English major, a nursing major, a nutrition major, 
you come into our school, you come into our incubator, and we help you to find that inner entrepreneur, right? And so to, to, to practice that entrepreneurship needs to be an apprenticeship. And so I think that, you know, the idea that entrepreneurship and, you know, unfortunately, the word is associated with starting a new venture. But every company today is looking for that innovator. Every company wants to hire that person that is resilient, that can move things forward, that's innovative. And I think that being able to infuse entrepreneurship across the university is critical today. I think to your point, Ken and Joe earlier, I think, you know, society needs that today. That's, that's what's really needed. And if, you know, if, if you asked me, What's the, what's the core competency? What do students graduate with? How do you manage your options? How do you manage your options? Because life throws stuff at you and, you know, we're teaching them to take what's thrown at them, whether it's good, bad, and different. Let's think about it. What are your options? How do you do this? It's the only way to do that is to have them really start something, start something, fail, start again. What did you learn? And you know, I think that's really the big takeaway. I don't know if I've answered your question, but it's, it's just so that's exciting. A, that's actually good. Yeah, that's a good segue because so let's, we get through the process, they graduate with the entrepreneurial degree. Now, if I'm an employer, I don't know if I want to hire an entrepreneur. I'm afraid that I'll say something and then they're going to take that idea and, you know, they're going to go off and they're going to do it on their own or whatever. So what is the, what's that look like post graduation? What kind of opportunities are they getting? And also really what we're kind of interested too is if you can share some of the success stories of some of the students that you've had and things that they've gone on to that just kind of give us, you know, they go through the process now. What's what's the prize at the end of the tunnel there? So remind me to tell you about the success stories. So you asked me two things in the question. So and 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 remember context. We've got we've got Gen Z. And we have companies that are looking for innovation. We have intense okay. global competition. We have ever-changing technologies. So, so what we find with our alumni is that, now remember, they're graduating at 22, 23 years old. So some of them will continue to, to work with the companies they started. Some of them will work for another company. Some of them will do both. You know, it's some of them are, are starting things on the side while they're working for Cigna or Comcast or, or whatever it might be. And so what I do know is that, and you can see it even in the data that people, people are coming in and out of companies. You're not going to stop that. And, and so I think, I think that most of our students at some point in their life, I think most people at some point in their life, and we're seeing it now with the great resignation are going to start something. And so we're trying to give them the skill to be able to do that. To get to your point about companies, so I, I know that you know that Drexel's a co-op school. For some of your viewers that yeah. don't know what that means, is that our students work three, six-month periods a year for a company. And mm -hmm. so Drexel is just, this is their, you know, the, the wonderful thing about Drexel University, like 99% of our students graduate with jobs. Little plug for Drexel. Anyway, um, that's, that definitely needs to be noted because I've, I have friends who are alumni and yeah, I was always jealous when in college, when they were getting paid for stuff and I was eating ramen noodles. So that's, that's it. A, there you go. That's it. Speaking of which, speaking of which the closed school, we have an entrepreneurship co-op where you can work for your own company for six months and we'll give you a $19,000 scholarship. 
So it's wow. a, it's a, like, could you imagine if somebody said to you, look, I'm going to pay you just to work on your company for six months as a student. It's wonderful. Um, it sounds but dangerous. what we see with companies, companies more and more when, when, when we ask, what are you looking for in a student? We're seeing more and more the, and I referred to it earlier, those power skills. Can they get along in a team? Can they do things on their own? Can they move things forward? You know, these are the things that they're looking for. So I honestly don't, I mean, I can't answer if a company is going to think, well, if they're an entrepreneurship student, they're going to go out and start something on their own. I think the company's taking that chance anyway nowadays. Sure. So the question. So talk me through the growth, the transition from entrepreneur to CEO, because it seems to me that they actually have different skill sets, but oftentimes the CEO is the entrepreneur that started the company. And sometimes the, the CEO is not the entrepreneur that started the company. So, so how does someone or, or, you know, what does that migration from entrepreneur to CEO look like? And do these skill sets, are they taught in this school as well? Are they preparing them to not only be a visionary, but are they preparing them to be an executive as well? I, I love the question. So one of the strong supporters of the close school always says that we are preparing students to be CEOs. So let me answer it this way. When you start something, if you've ever started something, what you're doing is you're learning really about all the functions of a company. You're learning how to sell. You're learning about supply chains. You're learning how to deal with people. You're learning about everything. So from a, let me answer it this way. From a student perspective at the School of Entrepreneurship, they're, as they're starting something, they're learning to be CEOs at the same time because there's so much power in starting something. The other piece of your question, I think, is if you're not a student, and we see this a lot, especially with sort of like researchers, right? Or you're, you're the, the software guy, or you're the, the gaming guy, or you're, in a, you're whatever. You're the technician, and you know about your product or your service, but you don't know about building the company. And so that's a different area, but yet I think that because we provide a lot of sort of, you know, non-matriculated certificate training. And that's where I think if you're really serious about growing a company, it's always about leading. It's always about the people. That's the, even when you go in front of a VC, right? That's sort of the most important part. So I think the, the advantage of being an entrepreneurship student at close is kind of you're getting both, you know, but, but if you're starting on your own, I think a lot of people to your point, Kenneth's well taken. You do need the, the CEO leadership training. Because it's a different set of skills, for sure. Sure. And so I, I, I think it's a different person. I, again, I think it all just goes back to the individual. I, I believe you're born an entrepreneur and, obviously, you know, like you're born a leader and you can work on that skill set. You can, you know, but it's definitely, it's an inherent thing for most, for people who and, and, have that uncomfortableness to go out and do it, you know? Right, right. And And, and to your point, I think that, even even in our school, when students, you know, have this idea and they run with it, sometimes they realize they're not the person to grow the company, and that's okay. You know, they're they're the starter. I mean, our tagline is "Start something," right? It's not finished. Nice. It's I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> we got about a hundred half started projects around the room. You know what? That's it. That's the hardest part is starting it, right? You got to take. That's what we say all the time is the, the biggest thing is just taking that leap. 
and figuring it out as you go and finding right. every possible way to but make imagine, it But imagine if you could take a leap with people around you that were supporting you. Yeah. You know, I think that's the magic of the close. We're, we're all in this, you know. And I, I just yeah. throw out there, too, that sometimes people confuse being an entrepreneur with like this big personality. It's not really about personality. It is really about mindset, cognition, a sense of optimism. Because we see students that are very sort of quiet or reticent, and sometimes they're the most persistent, strongest, determined students with a real passion. You used the word passion earlier, you know, Ken. And a lot of students, particularly Gen Z, step back. When, now I want to ask, feel free to, like, this is, this is a question that I, 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 I have to imagine you had resistance. You had to get pushback. Yes. Tell us about the pushback you got and what were, how, what were you able to do to overcome that reluctance or that resistance that you were getting? Because again, like Joe said, sometimes these two worlds are colliding, you know, or you would imagine it, it's a collision rather than, you know, traveling down the path in the same direction. Yeah. So, so typically in the academy, at, in a university, this was having an independent school of entrepreneurship is clearly disrupted. So I can answer that. It was hard to sell the dream. I can't say that it was, that it was an easy road. What, the, what I had supporting me was Drexel University. You know, known for experiential education, known for technological innovation, known for an entrepreneurial mindset, a president who is, you know, amazing and remarkable in civic engagement, in, in economic development, and generally a culture there that sort of supported that. So I was lucky there. And I, of course, I had the Charles D. Close funding. There was resistance. You know, how can, how can you do this? How can you take entrepreneurship from a business school? It's really a business discipline. And some people still think that. They think that entrepreneurship is a business plan, you know, but we, there's, and we have the, the students and the evidence to say that this is not, it's, it's so much more and it's so much more important today. I can tell you also that being a, a, a business professor, a management professor for years and going to conferences, and then I, I have this school that I founded, and then I'm meeting my colleagues from other universities, they would look at me like I was crazy. Like, what do you mean it's not in a business? Because nobody thinks of it as to what it really is. You know. So I, I would definitely really be remiss at this point if I didn't point out the similarities here of what you're teaching and your own journey. So you had an idea, you had support from the university, you took the leap, it's turned into a successful entrepreneurial school. So you're, you in essence, what you just described seems like it's the perfect testimonial to this incubator system. So with that, how about, tell us about some of the other successes, some of your other students and what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we just, we had a student that graduated from our incubator his company just got, I think, in a five and a half million dollar investment. And, you know, we're talking about a 25 year old student a company called Lula. What they do is this is really interesting. They help convenience stores through their platform manage, better manage their inventory so that the convenience store, like the 7 Eleven, are able to coordinate with the DoorDashes, the online delivery. And so they've been very, very successful. 
Another great success that we have is a company called Hidden Gems. It's a food technology company. They've received an investment of almost $3 million. I think our, our biggest student entrepreneur that graduated, interestingly, the very, first, the very first student that we signed up at the close school, his name is Evan Ellers. He had the company called Sharing Excess, which basically distributes excess food from grocery stores to community partners. He has actually gone national. He's been a Forbes under 30. He's, de- he's delivered like millions of pounds of food. And what's really interesting about that business model, if you think about it, what he learned, you know, it's one thing to think I'm going to take food from giant, you know, and deliver it to community partners, but it's really all about logistics, right? How do you, how do you get that there? How do you, what does that, what does that look like? And that's really what his company has built up. So those are three, three interesting success stories. Do, 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 does, are there themes of sustainability, community development? Are those common, you know, re, you know, reoccurring themes with the ideas that the students are coming up with, or is it just it run the gamut? You are lobbing up the best questions for me. So, <laughs> so, so yes. So we've actually started because. Because all across the university, and I keep saying Gen Zs, and I think that the new generation is called Gen As. Did you know that? So, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's what I heard. So they're very interested in, in societal welfare and climate change and clean water and literacy. So we started something called an impact innovation hub. And this is for students. Uh, we started with, we're calling it a green incubator. And there are seven companies in that green incubator that are focused on sustainability, but, you know, solar panels, rooftop gardening, di- different, different things in that area. But that's, that is huge at the university. Food innovation. We have a food innovation certificate, you know, food technology. It's really such an exciting time, you know, for university and for students at the university. It's it's so exciting when you think, and I love the name of your podcast again, you know, to come in and to say, I have a dream or, you know, or I want to have a dream or I want to start something. And higher education should be the place where you learn how to do that. And yeah, I agree. And for, for so long, that one piece I think was missing. And, and this is just, again, it's just fantastic. Joe, what other questions do you have? I have one more, but I want to save it for last. So I'll let you, I'm going to give you the floor here. It's fascinating to me because I'm, I was not the greatest student and I've run successful companies and I've done it because I failed. And quite honestly, truth be told, I'm not employable. I don't think that any, I've had jobs at corporations and I just, I did not, I didn't fit in. I could never, I just couldn't be like the guy in the cubicle next to me. And I look around and say, you know what? I got to make money. I got to make a I got to figure this out. And that's, that's what drove me to start my own companies and, you know, have the success that I've had. And had I, had there been something like that, and, you know, I'm a very proud as Kenny Nittany Lion with Penn State and, you know, we made it through, but had there been something like that, that kind of, we could cut our teeth on and, you know, have a little bit of a safety net while we're figuring this stuff out, it probably would have saved me a a lot of money and some hardships over the years to figure out what I figured out. So this is really cool. That, that's an interesting phrase, cutting your teeth. I think, I think the point is, you know, practice, you know, even if you, even if you're not going to start a company, just what you learn from starting something. 
sure. you know, in, in, in a space with, with like-minded individuals at a university. You know, it, it's, there's so much to learn by actually doing something. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing in education generally, even from K to 12. Sure. You can't just stand in front of students and lecture anymore. They, they've got to be involved. They've got to get their hands dirty. They've got to do something. Yeah. I think so, we've said it here with that, bat, that, you know, if I look back to the journey that got me to where I am now and knew what w- that was going to entail, I don't think we would have done it. I don't think, you know, when you see the hard and how, like what it's going to take, like that's the hardest part. So having, and, and it really just comes from, from the fear of the unknown. So when you educate people on that and say, here, this is what you can expect and this is how to overcome it. I, I think that that is that encouragement and that kind of, you know, knowledge is, is crucial to, to launch in something. So that's, that's really Optimism. cool. Absolutely. Okay. So you've seen the show restaurant impossible, right? Where like they come in oh, and they yeah. got to build a restaurant and they revamp it. Like, is there anything for like struggling entrepreneurs out there where Drexel university students will come in and tell them what they're doing wrong and resend them out in the world and, and be successful? I was sure if I told them the opportunity, there would be a line. They'd be lined up, Ken. I bet they will. Well, this was this was absolutely wonderful. I can't thank you enough for your time. I would love to 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 visit down there and 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 see more. But but just without a doubt, I mean, this was this was a highly anticipated half hour for me, and I know it was for Joe, and knocked it out of the park. And we can't thank you enough. Well, as I say, entrepreneurship education empowers everyone. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been fun. You bet. Thanks. All right. We'll see everybody later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Selling the Dream. We know you don't want to miss a single episode, so go subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And then make sure to share the show with your friends and leave us a review.